0: everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, February 19th. Time for episode 338 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. Follow us, as always, on Twitter, PatriotsCLNS. Welcoming back, Sierra Goodwill, my talented colleague at CLNS Media, covering the Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, and, of course, your New England Patriots. How you been, Sierra, since the last time I saw you at a Celtics game?
1: I've been great. A little all-star break. It, it feels like it's been a little while. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's uh there are not a lot of games this week, uh, which is not a bad thing. A lot of a lot of home games, obviously. The Bruins right. and Bruins Celtics is- are both um, out on trips. About, both out on the West Coast, so to speak. Bruins uh, in Canada, yeah. and the uh, Celtics heading out west. Um And since this pod is entitled Patriots Beat. Football will be where our focus will be, and yeah. um, I want to talk, first of all, because of all the silly Tom Brady hype, it's a significant story mm-hmm. I thought kind of got buried last week, though some of our colleagues at NBC Sports Boston I thought did an excellent job talking about it, as they always do. The extension, the multi-year extension of Patriots Director of Play- Player Personnel, Nick Casario, Bill Belichick yeah. has long heralded Casario's skills as a guy who wears many, many hats and does the jobs as a single person, a one single entity that not many others in the NFL could handle. I thought to, right. thought it was a really big deal, uh, Sierra, for Nick Casario to come back.
1: Absolutely, huge deal. I mean, especially when you consider the fact that he was previously thought to be seeking new opportunities away from the Patriots, 2019 but like you said he's a huge longtime leader in the front office he's super unique in the fact that he is still involved in running drills at practice really hands-on with the players in that way but he's also someone who's in in the front office negotiating contracts dealing with the more um, kind of business side of things so he's a really valuable and important mind behind this huge Uh, dynasty that is the Patriots. He's been with Belichick and Brady for all six rings. So, uh, yeah, really, really under the radar, but super important uh, contract by keeping
0: Casario around. Yeah, and I think the whole drama uh, that a lot of people last year uh, were sick of was whether or not Casario would leave to Houston and, uh, take off and go down and help Billy O'Brien, uh, with the Texans. And that never materialized. And I, uh, obviously a lot of people, uh, you know, were critical of the Patriots, some were critical anyway, of the Patriots blocking uh, Casario from uh, talking with the Texans. Right. And as it turned out, it was probably the smartest thing that the Crafts could have done is to block him and, and Belichick from blocking him uh, from going to the Texans because now you have stability in place not only with Casario returning but McDaniels as well.
1: I mean, it's flattering, right? Obviously, Casario probably wasn't happy about it at the time. But it's pretty much the Patriots just saying, no, you're way too valuable to us for us to risk losing you. I mean, he's had both coaching and executive positions throughout his now going to be 20 years with the Patriots. So, obviously, he's just a huge method behind the madness, and they need him. And so it's really great stability.
0: The other thing to keep in mind, while – uh, the Patriots certainly uh, have lost uh, their fair share of assistant coaches again this off season. It is almost yeah. as if they understand that the coaching coaching staff um, transition or the cycle of people departing the coaching staff that 's going to happen right uh, Whatever team you're on. But if you can keep your front office in place, that's probably where uh, Belichick values stability the most.
1: Absolutely. We know the Bill Belichick coaching tree uh, has been quite successful, and it runs deep throughout so many different NFL teams nowadays. So that's to be expected when you learn from the best, you then get the confidence to kind of be able to run things on your own. So there's always, I feel like, a lot of turnover when it comes to the coaching staff for the Patriots. But, yep, front office, major, major uh lock-in with keeping Casario, especially with Tom Brady and a lot of different other factors up in the air. It's good to have that constant, that guy that you know, uh, that you trust, Uh, back in the front
0: office. He's also a no-nonsense guy, right? I mean, you've been there for the press conferences with Casario, Sierra, and he is a straight shooter. He gives you a little bit more detail than Bill does, and I think uh, for those of us who are around the team on a frequent basis, uh, we come to appreciate that in a guy like Casario. He's a little bit different. He's, He's allowed to become his own man under Belichick. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. He's reliable and trustworthy. They don't have to feel like they have to micromanage Nick Casario in the way he says and what. Like they don't have to coach him up before he has a press conference. You know what I mean? Like he he gets it. He gets the Patriot way, but he's a little bit more descriptive, as you said, than Belichick. It's not like when we get those days once a month with the coaching staff and we get to ask Josh McDaniels or Scar different things, and they're still and a little bit nervous because they don't know what they should and shouldn't say, how specific they should get. Casario gets it. Like you said, he's a straight shooter, and he's pretty good to deal with as a media member. So in that regard, uh, definitely a good thing to have Casario back.
0: Not only that, um, in addition to Casario coming back, um, the fact that the Cleveland Browns hired – Adam Berry to be their new general manager, mm-hmm. not Monty Osenfort, is also something pointing uh, in the direction of stability for the Patriots too because uh, I think Monty Osenfort has done a great job as the director of college scouting. Uh, you know, certainly every organization is going to have their hits and have their misses, but he has been somebody uh, who has been absolutely crucial to both Belichick and Casario uh, in terms oh, yeah. of – trying to find the right fit in the college game and projecting them to the Patriots' system.
1: I feel like the Patriots dodged a lot of bullets, you know, with him, Casario, and then Josh McDaniels being passed up on for a lot of head coaching positions. The Patriots have some key guys that they can rely on coming back. Maybe that wasn't those guys' decision. Maybe they, like in McDaniels, I think he would have taken a job had he been offered one. Agreed. how the cards. How how the cards fell, it it worked out in favor of the Patriots. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And we should also point out that Austin Fort, his contract, I believe, uh, expires after the draft. Uh, but the understanding is that um, he is in discussions uh, to try and extend that right. deal uh, as well. The more pressing matter was making sure Casario uh, was um, under the Patriots umbrella for the long term. And again, a multi-year contract extension uh, being worked out last week. That's a big deal for the New England Patriots. Great for stability. And I think a great sign uh, for Bill Belichick. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill, uh colleague at CLNS media covering the Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, ...and Red Sox. The footballs might be packed away, but basketball, hockey, and golf seasons are in full swing. You can find all of the odds with our exclusive sportsbook partner, BetOnline. They've been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first-to-market odds... ...and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus... On your first deposit, again, use that promo code CLNS5050 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Have a little fun with some betting action today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back with Sierra Goodwill of CLNS Media. All right, Tom Brady might meet with all free agent suitors in one location. It came out uh, on Tuesday, uh, Sierra. And the fact that he wants to do it all in one location, what do you make of that?
1: I make of it that he doesn't have a leading candidate or a couple leading candidates. I think he just wants to gauge interest, and I think he wants to see what people will throw at him. And I, and I honestly think that this news is in favor of how he's connected with the patriots i think if he you know was really interested in the chargers or really interested in the raiders he'd want to go there and have that one on one kind of connection and see what they had to offer and look at the facilities and kind of go through the motions that way this to me screams okay there's not a front runner in his mind he wants to just see what teams will offer him he wants to when maybe when they're all around him in one, in one location, they'll they'll give him his best right away, their best right away because they see who they're up against. Um, I I really just think that this is a tactic for him to kind of gather some numbers and not even numbers in terms of money, but gather what other teams are willing to do for him that he can come back to the Patriots with and say, this is what other teams are willing to do for me. What can you guys do?
0: You know, uh, we also should mention that Tommy Curran of NBC Sports, uh, Boston, uh, reported on Tuesday that negotiations between the Patriots and Tom Brady will begin in a couple of weeks. So that puts it right at just after the NFL combine that starts yeah. next week. Our own Evan Lazar will be in Indianapolis uh, covering that for CLNS media. He might be able to uh, dig around for a few nuggets out in Indy, but um, so the, the negotiations between the Patriots and Tom Brady um, will certainly, uh, I think take place and get a head start on some of possibly these other meetings. But to me, Sierra, the issue with Tom Brady and the Patriots is not about money, and we read on Tuesday that uh, the Patriots are not concerned about being outbid by any other team. Well, to me, that's immaterial because this is not going to come down to money to me. This is coming down to whether right. or not Tom Brady feels like the Patriots still want him, and do the Patriots still want Tom Brady, or are they willing to move on from a quarterback who's going to be 43 at the beginning of 2020. To me, certainly money is a factor in the negotiations, and I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to be the prime reason he either returns or goes somewhere else.
1: No, I completely agree with you. I think the prime reason is going to be weapons, and I think it's going to be Brady getting concrete Answers from the Patriots about what they're going to do to make sure he has weapons at wide receiver at tight end. I mean, the tight end position was completely neglected last offseason for a team that relied so heavily on a dynamic tight end like Gronk to help complicate their offensive scheme. But also the wide receiver position, they didn't do enough to get him veteran, talented enough, wide outs throughout the season and he struggled and you saw how unhappy that made him at at times throughout the season. So I think that's the number one factor is making sure that they make a, make it a priority to get Brady, the weapons that he thinks are up to speed and dynamic enough for him where he doesn't have to spend half the season and uh, teaching them and getting them up to speed with what he wants, where he wants them to be because we know that he's not the most present guy in the off season. Uh, And he's not the most present guy in the preseason. So he's got to get these veteran weapons who know what they're doing and he doesn't have to teach along the way. And I think that's the number one priority for him.
0: So to me, there's a dangerous assumption there, Sierra. Veterans, just because they're veterans, don't necessarily have a chemistry right away with Tom Brady. Um, Right. I certainly think that a guy like Danny Amendola – who has played with him before. Now there's a chemistry there. And if they brought Danny Amendola back as part of the equation, that would make sense. Okay. And if if Brady yeah. indeed returns to the Patriots in 2020, but to just say, Oh, we're going to throw, you know, let's say Cooper cup of the Rams and AJ green of the Bengals into the mix. And they'll pick up, um, with Tom Brady because they're veterans. Right. I think is, is kind of a faulty, uh, uh,
1: Right, but Attack. they're not trying to learn. But they're not trying to learn an NFL playbook while then adjusting and trying to make chemistry with Tom Brady and the Patriots' uh, kind of complicated offensive scheme. They're not making that huge adjustment from the college game to the NFL, which Nikhil, Harry, uh, Jacoby Myers, Gunner, like all these wide receivers that Brady had this year, were not just adjusting to the Patriots way of going about their offense they were also just making the transition from the college game to the nfl so if a guy has a couple of years of experience of just time management workload how to take care of your body then they can put all of their focus into building that kind of tree with tom brady
0: that's a great point um i just i'm curious to see where the patriots and bill belichick fall on tom brady we've heard uh Rumblings that uh, Bill Belichick uh, would welcome Tom Brady back but for one year uh, and just play it on a year-to-year basis. That's the other thing I'd love to know is whether or not – I do not think Bill Belichick would bring Tom Brady back for a two-year commitment. I just don't see that. And if it's going to fall apart uh, on the Patriots' side, it's because I think Belichick would give him just one more year where Tom – may want two more years and if a team comes in and guarantees him 70 million dollars versus what the patriots would be giving him which is 30 million um or let's just say a little bit north of 30 there could be a 40 million dollar gap in there is tom brady willing to now we just said okay and i understand i said this it's not going to be about the money but if there's a 40 mil, 35 to 40 million yeah. dollar gap between what team a is willing to pay and what team That's b
1: foolish to turn down
0: yeah, and, you know, and Tom's has said he wants to play until he's 45 or see if that's a viable possibility. He Maybe he just wants to play his uh, year number 43 and year number 44 and hang it up. I don't know if Bill Belichick is willing to make that a two-year commitment on a 43-year-old quarterback who showed signs of yeah. uh, regression toward the end of the year last year.
1: It's really interesting because on Tuesday we learned that Drew Brees has decided to return to the NFL for the 2020 season. And he said he loves who nation. So it does seem like he wants to play with the New Orleans Saints. And I think they would absolutely welcome him back. But with Brees, he's doing it on a year to year basis, which is very team friendly in my opinion, because if he does have that steep fall off, because he's a 40 plus year old guy, then they're not married to someone. And in this whole situation that Belichick doesn't want to find himself in But as we've heard through reports that Brady doesn't want to be in this exact same situation that we're talking about right now in 12 months from now, he wants, he wants to, I think he wants his next team to be the team that he retires with. And is it Belichick going to be willing to do that? I don't know. Do I think that Brady has earned the right for Belichick and the Patriots to take that chance on him and give him two more years? I do, but, Whether or not Belichick sees it that way, I'm not, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, I don't think he does. I mean, I, I don't know much, Sierra, but I don't think Belichick feels players have earned the right to, no, I I don't (laughs) think players have earned the right to, uh, Direct player personnel for the course of the next two seasons, just based on what they did in their past. I, don't, but Belichick has never thought that way, and I don't think that's right. going to change. Now, you you mentioned the Saints, and funny you mentioned the Saints, Taysom Hill. Uh, if he is available, he would be a, an intriguing fit uh, in New England, mm-hmm. I think, not only as a possible uh, wildcat type of quarterback. Uh, he did a great job with that uh, with the Saints, supporting, obviously, Drew Brees. Uh, there are a couple other names I want to get into. I know you uh, you and Evan Lazar spoke of A.J. Green and, and Hunter Henry, and I want to get on to Thaddeus Moss And Greg Olson. Yeah. So uh, take your pick. Where do you want to start?
1: I mean, we could start at the tight end position. I think Hunter Henry in terms of fit is excellent. Um, Thaddeus Moss is obviously a super intriguing name to talk about because how young he is and what he's able to do as a physical specimen. And the Patriots just, like I said, neglected that tight end position so bad. The days of bringing Ben Watson back and just – trying to make do with oh. Ryan Izzo and Matt LaCoste. Like, those days are over. Like, that's not how the Patriots has, have reached their success for the last two decades. Um, they need a more dynamic tight end than that. So I think Thaddeus Moss and Hunter Henry are right up there with really, really intriguing guys to look at. I think Hunter Henry is definitely a guy that they should look at in the free agency period. And obviously the combine coming up, That that's got to be that's got to be an area of focus. But taking a step back to Taysom Hill, he's really I mean he's really an intriguing guy because like you said he did a great job backing up Drew Brees. He did say that with Brees coming back he's in no hurry to leave the Saints. But as a utility player, he's really he's really interesting when you have a guy like Tom Brady who no one if Tom Brady were to return. He's notorious for not missing games. I mean, Tom Brady really doesn't miss games ever unless it's a ser- serious injury. To have Taysom Hill there, who's not just warming the bench as a backup quarterback, but can do a multitude of things and make your offense that more complicated, I think he would be a really interesting fit in New England.
0: So uh, what are you going to be doing between now and uh, the NFL – or uh, should I say the uh, NFL Combine?
1: now in the n f l combine well i'm working on i'm working on starting on my own podcast oh okay
0: you know what major ball drop by me that's right i am speaking no worries. i am speaking with the future pop culture star of c l n s media <laughs> podcasting. Tell me about it
1: that's right, so i mean everyone knows that i am that i cover sports that's how you know me through clns that's my full-time job but my second passion in this life is pop culture celebrity news reality television all of your guilty pleasures i love it i come home from work and that's what i consume um and so i'm gonna start a podcast to talk about it like i'm talking to my best friends and like i do talk to my best friends now i can just stop uh boring my boyfriend with talking about celebrity news and can talk to people who actually want to hear about it. So I'm going to start a pop culture podcast um, talking about the latest and greatest that's going around social media, the celebrity world. We can have some connections to the sports world because we know sports and celebrities uh, often combine. And it'll be really fun. It'll just be like chatting with your friends. You can have a glass of wine. You can sit back, relax, laugh. Hopefully it'll be funny. I'll have some co-hosts. Okay, you, it'll for, be a good okay. Time.
0: Let me give you some advice. You've got to be cynical. If you're talking about pop culture, you have got to bring the cynical TMZ, uh, part of you out because yes. people, I'll tell you why, Sierra, because People hear your voice, or they see your lovely face on uh, their computer screen, and yep. or on their uh, smartphone, obviously, and they think, mm-hmm. "Wow, what a saintly little girl she is! How lovely, how innocent!" Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, if you can bring out kind of that nasty side and go the like the edge, what you know, what was that? woman thinking on that reality show last night i'm telling you i'm telling you people will be drawn to that and they'll be like whoa this is a different side of sierra
1: oh they're lucky that my podcast isn't launched this week because if i had to recap last night's episode of the bachelor it would not be pretty
0: (laughs) okay you're not going to hold back you're going to promise me Trags. i promise Here on episode 338 of Patriot's Beat on the CLNS Media Network, you're not going to hold back. You're not going to be this princess, this cute little princess Mm -hmm. who doesn't have a boo to say about any celebrity. You are going to go after them Um, when the situation sees fit.
1: Absolutely. I'm definitely quite an opinionated person, and I promise you I will not hold back. Um, like I said, I'll just feel like I'm talking to my friends and you know, you know, that you can tend to, you tend to gossip with your friends. So I'll, I'll definitely make sure to lay into people when they deserve it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, you do that, and, uh, you tell them you have my seal of approval if you do that. And, cause that, that matters so much in our world, doesn't it? Um but. I'd I'm,
1: say, I'd say I have you on as a co-host, tracks, but I don't know if you keep up with the Kardashians.
0: I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw two of the Kardashians recently on some online story, and I'm like, Tristan Thompson? Hmm. Who yes. is he? Okay, who is he married to?
1: So he's not married to any Uh, of them, but he was dating Khloe Kardashian, and they have a daughter together. And I think currently Kendall Jenner, which is a half-sister of the Kardashians, is dating Ben Simmons of your former favorite team in the Philadelphia 70s.
0: Yeah, my childhood NBA favorite team. I, I as I tell people, so many of my childhood yeah. teams are just dog crap now. They're just bad, <laughs> and and I look. I mean, the Sixers aren't bad, but they're not going anywhere in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I you're, just, not,
1: you're not happy with
0: the- I'm not high on the Philadelphia seventy That uh, That is correct. I am not. That is accurate. Um, well, you were fun today. <laughs> See now, aren't you glad that we didn't forget to bring up your? Um, a uh, bu- uh, burgeoning my what you, pod, yes.
1: I know we gotta. We're still working on the name, so I'll, I'll drop that at a later date because we gotta work that out. But I'll be sure to keep you updated.
0: Okay, you do that. Speaking now with Josh Lewin, the newest member of the CLNS Media family. Uh, welcome aboard, Josh. How you been, Mike? good to talk
2: to you, buddy? Thank you. I'm I'm excited. I, I love being a part of what you guys are doing. I, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, and you are going to be the host of our newest pod, uh, pod on the CLNS Media Network. You've actually already begun as people, uh, who follow you on Twitter at Josh Lewin Stuff, all one word, already know that. Uh, you will be the, uh, host of it. What I think is going to be a really intriguing, interesting throwback league pod. Tell us all about it and, uh, how it came to pass.
2: Yeah, so it's something I've been incubating for like a really long time. I mean, like 10, 12 years. And I just always fascinated by what if somebody did a kind of a March Madness style bracket tournament of the World Series champions from, you know, basically our era. When I say our, you know, I just turned 50. So, you know, I mean, growing up, I'm talking like mid 70s to to mid-double-O's, right? You know, I mean, if you're... That's right in my wheelhouse, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if you're a teenager now, you know, my apologies, probably doesn't resonate quite as well. But, uh, you know, if you remember tops baseball cards, like, you know, the Fred Lynn rookie card, you know, if you go back that far, or even if you just go back to, uh, gosh, you know, I mean, maybe like the the 03 or 04 World Series. I mean, 04 in Boston, obviously, is the one you're going to really remember. But that's kind of the, the time period. But, you know, the, the idea is and it's kind of twofold. I mean, one is to, to try to end some arguments about which team could, could kick which team's ass, you know, I mean, if they ever did meet face to face. And the other thing is just to kind of, I always wondered what it would sound like to do kind of a an old style radio recreation. Of of these games, just you know, simulate them and go into a studio and make it sound like you know. You hear the old stories about Ronald Reagan doing radio recreations in the 1930s or whatever, where you know they're they're pretending that they're at the ballpark, but they're really not. So we we have a, a really cool uh, computer algorithm. We use the WhatIfSports.com algorithm. Those guys are great. It's really really uh on point in, in terms of you know what they crank out. You put in the lineups, they play the game. The one that we did is the seventy four Oakland A's and the ninety two Braves, uh, who didn't actually win a World Series, but we have like an at large field and we seed everybody, you know, just like just like March Madness. So this is I think like a seven seed against a ten seed. We we had the game simulated, the box score gets spit out. I go into a studio and I just pretend like I'm doing the play by play. Of the game, and we mix in sound effects. We bring in uh, a couple players that actually played in the game, uh, you know, not this pretend game, but like, you know, somebody who played for the 74 A's or played for the 92 Braves, and they can talk about their memories of that team. So, uh, yeah, it's a 48 team, 48 game tournament. It's once a week. So it's basically almost an entire calendar year. It goes to the middle of february to, to middle of january then hopefully we do it again with with new teams after that and the reception has been really good i mean it, it's fun it's, it's it's a passion project of mine uh you know i'm i just i love doing play-by-play i love radio and this is kind of like i tell people it's like opening a pack of baseball cards on the air you know it's just like oh my god i hadn't thought about ray fossey you know and in, in forever or you know jeez i remember you know Greg McMichael is pitching for the Braves. Shit, I haven't heard that name in a really long time.
0: <laughs> I uh, tweeted at you on Tuesday uh that uh, I hope the seventy-five Cincinnati Reds are well represented in this, and be, I would assume uh they are going to be seeded num- one of the number one seeds. No, yes, they are one seed. They are absolutely a one seed, and and so here's here's where I play God a little bit. and It's
2: kind of fun. So I've already it's kind of like you know how like on the on the Bachelor. I mean, the producers already know who got the freaking rose, right? But I mean, they have to make it right. spread over 24 weeks. It is so. I've simulated the whole season. I mean, I you know I'm guarding this with my life, but I know how every team does. I know who who the champion is already. But we got to play 48 games over 48 weeks. So uh, I, I can tell you this: uh, the the Reds uh, they, they they represented okay
0: they 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 didn't embarrass themselves uh, i'll just i'll leave it there all right I, i'll i'll buy that it it certainly uh will motivate me toward uh listening what uh now you have been a broadcaster for a long time josh and where, uh tell us a little bit about yourself and and where you grew up and uh how you came to love the national pastime i feel like i should do the steve
2: Martin thing from the jerk right i was born a poor black child in mississippi <laughs> and uh, um no, I I, uh, I was actually born well born in Atlanta, but grew up in uh, in both Boston and Rochester, New York. More Rochester than Boston. I only spent like three years in Boston. So I tell people I'm from Rochester. That's where I went to middle school and high school and all that. And uh, we had a triple A team. Uh, the Rochester Red Wings played against Pawtucket all the time. Sure. And that's probably where my my love for the game. Germinated and uh, I kind of talked myself in a, into an internship with the the Red Wings when I was a teenager, and one thing led to another. I got to to be kind of a part time announcer on their games when I was still a teenager, which made it really easy to, uh, to to get going in the industry. And I I got very lucky. I mean, when when Fox Television was starting up their Major League coverage back in the mid nineties, they were looking for guys in their twenties or early thirties. Uh, you know, they weren't looking for Dick Stockton at that point, you know, and, and, and I was very, very lucky and also lucky that they, they ran out of sons of famous announcers and had to settle for me as the fourth guy. They, they had Joe Buck, they had Tom Brenneman, they had Chip Carey, and then they ran out of Lucky Sperm at that <laughs> point. So, uh, I got the call <laughs> to be the fourth guy and, and that kind of got everything really going. I mean, I went from doing pre and post game shows for the Orioles all of a sudden doing you know game of the week and uh so that's how i got going and where i got going and i i tell people i've had kind of a an edwin jackson existence ever since then you know I've, I've bounced around from team to team uh you know done the tigers done the rangers done the mets did the red Sox last year and, and still hope to have a a very small piece of that on, on ei i think they're pretty much covered this year They they really weren't last year so think i did like 55 games for them last year and i'd be surprised if if i did five for them this year but uh so that that gives me a lot of bandwidth it gives me uh, you know all this extra time to do something of value i hope in in the baseball space that's still my passion and yeah like i say this has been a project i've been wanting to do for forever but you know when i was doing 160 mets games and the chargers football and you know picked up ucla football and basketball there was just no time to do anything like this. And now suddenly really all I've got is UCLA. So, uh, you know, I, uh, Nick Gelfo and I talked, and it just seemed like it was the right time to to get this going. And kind of um, quite by accident, I think the launch coincides with, I think, a lot of baseball fans really just being tired of hearing about nonsense. They they just want to freak Amen. Game. They, a right to that. <laughs> enough, right? Enough about the Astros and espionage and Rob Manfred and all. I mean, let, let's just hear a damn game. And so, what's been so much fun about this? Because you know me enough. I'm I'm a, a pop culture guy. I mean, I've been a lot sure. of times on a an actual baseball broadcast. You you piss people off if you're talking about you know here's this guy and uh, you know he was born the the night of the you know so and so concert. You know, people are like, who cares? But, uh, you know, the, the thing about a pod like this is it's a nice marriage of, you know, just to take that example, what was going on in 1992? You know, let, let's pretend that it really is 1992. So, you know, I'm talking about the guy catching a foul ball in his Cosby sweater, you know, I mean, because that's what people were wearing in 1992. You know, so uh, that that to me is kind of the most fun part of it is kind of transport people back to the two years in question every game not just with the players, but with kind of the, the zeitgeist, right? You know, I mean, what was going on in our country at that time? What music were we listening to? Uh, what was going on in baseball? So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a really, really fun endeavor. It, it's a big bite of the apple. There's a lot to, to do and produce and script and and all of
0: that. But total labor of love, and, and hopefully people will enjoy it. I just I want uh the 75 season uh well rep- represented because anybody who knows me knows I'm all about anything 1975. Growing up in Cincinnati, obviously I'm pretty biased. So um I will when that episode comes out, uh I will definitely be listening and if they, you know, obviously win a couple of rounds, uh I would uh, be going Uh, I will be bookmarking uh, those particular uh, podcasts on my uh, smartphone, that's for sure. I think this is a great idea. I
2: I will say, too, that that for the New England audience, and again, I I don't think I do myself or anybody a service if I give anything away, but if you check the brackets, and they're available, they're up. We've got a website. It's uh, thethrowbackleague.com. But the, the 75 Sox actually have a game coming up in I think like two weeks. They're matched up against the 01 Diamondbacks. And if memory serves, it's Louis
0: Tiant against Randy Johnson. So that, 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 that is that fabulous. Be a lot of fun. I, I love this idea. I'm all about nostalgia, Josh, and I think this is a tremendous idea. I should also throw in right now, um, that uh you are working towards uh becoming a uh, Red Sox beat host on the CLNS media network uh as well and uh we look forward to uh so, I mean you're a terrific interviewer Josh and I think uh you on that jo- uh, Red Sox beat is a natural.
2: Oh, well thanks but I I I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, we don't have it completely fleshed out yet, but as we get through spring training, I'm I'm sure we will. And, you know, you do. I, I've heard your podcast and I've admired your work for a long time. So believe me, I'm, I'm a fan of not just you, but what, you know, I'm starting to listen to a lot of these pods that are up on CLNS. I mean, the, the the basketball one's insane. I mean, Cedric does such a great job. And you, obviously, with the Patriots beat. And real quick, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Bob Dosi was my number two guy in Rochester for a while. So I uh, did not know Sose, that. I go way back. And, yeah. Sos was my basically like eager apprentice. Like, I mean, I was not like I was a hundred years old. I was like 25 and he was 23, but we worked together for a couple of years in Rochester and it, it remained good friends. And for a long, well, I wouldn't say for a long time because we didn't have the Patriots job until fairly recently, but there was enough of an overlap where the Patriots and the Chargers would play. So we always get to get uh, together and catch up on those old times, going to McCoy stadium, going to, you know, all those other haunts that we would go to with, uh, with the Rochester Red Wings. But, yeah, I, so I, I can't say with, with any sense of, of honesty that I'm a Patriots fan whatsoever because you guys kicked the Chargers' ass so many times. It's just, you know, from the Marlon McCree fumble game to, to everything else. But uh, I, I I do listen. I, I You know, you guys do such a great job of, of chronicling what's important
0: with the Patriots, and I, I respect it a lot. I appreciate that, Josh. And, uh, certainly we're going to lo- look forward to, uh, listening to, uh, you hosting the Throwback League podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Uh, that will be coming out, uh, once a week. Is that correct? Dropping once a week? Yeah. We're going to drop
2: it every Monday morning so it's nice and fresh for your commute. And what I'm hoping to establish, you know, if it goes well, and, I, you know, maybe I'm just kind of pie in the sky, but, I'd love for this to just kind of become its own little community. You know, I mean, that's why I want to get this website up and going fully uh, as soon as possible, where there can be chat rooms and, you know, a lot of back and forth on Twitter about, you know, the the games that happened and uh, what people liked and what they didn't like, what they enjoyed remembering, uh, you know, talking trash or whatever that you do in a community of of anything. But uh, that's the goal for people that that, are, that are. Big baseball fans that like the memory of whether it's just, the you know, the, the 80s in general, the 90s in general, whatever it is, it just kind of takes you away from the modern nonsense. And then, you know, I'm still obviously a, a guy that's going to chronicle and, and keep track of what's going on in, in the 2020 season. I'm not a hater, but it, it was kind of a, to borrow a phrase, a kinder, gentler time in baseball and uh you know just to hear the crack of the bat and the roar of the crowd and good stories good narrative uh you know we we're not diving into saber metrics we're not doing analytics we're not talking about rob manfred we're just doing some some pop culture in baseball keeping it real simple and uh obviously condensing the game significantly because nobody wants to listen to a three-hour podcast so it's about a 45 minute two for you and uh yeah, and if anybody has ideas, uh, I'm uh, I'm wide open. I mean, this thing just started, just getting it launched. We're all in it together. So, if, if there are people that, that end up jumping on board and they really dig it uh, and want to make a suggestion or a tweak, um, uh, you know, please reach out by Twitter or on the website and we'll uh, we'll see
0: what we can do. Sounds like a plan, Josh. Again, that's Josh Lewin, the host of the brand new Throwback League podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Be sure to follow Josh, as he just suggested, uh, on his Twitter handle, at Josh Lewin Stuff. That's J-O-S, I'm sorry, J-O-S-H-L-E-W-I-N, S-T-U-F-F, Josh Lewin stuff, all one word. Josh, thanks for taking time out. Oh, Craig, I can't thank you enough. And it's nice to reconnect
2: with you and and find a little portal back into New England here. So I'm I'm super excited for many reasons.
0: I want to thank our great guests, Sierra Goodwill and the newest member of the CLNS Media family, Josh Lewin, host of the Throwback League pod and host of this year of Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Also want to thank our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag, for producer Mike Langi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.